Advisor Inner Circle podcast. I am your host, Steve Gordon. I'm here with my beautiful and smiling co-host. No one's ever <laughs> accused him of either of those things, but uh, he is here, Mr. John Curry. John, welcome. Good to see you. Good to see you, my friend. Always good to be back. We uh, we missed a recording week last week, and uh, and and that made me a little bit sad. But I'm I'm glad we're back and recording today. Um, we got an important topic today. I think uh, I think it's very timely, considering what uh, what's going on in the world right now, and and what we're going to be talking about is dealing with uncertainty. So um, introduce that a little bit for us, John. What what do you mean when you think of dealing with uncertainty right now? Well, I've been in this business since 1975, and I've seen a lot of ebbs and flows in the marketplace with the stock market up and down, political change, things like that. And I just hear over and over, every day, literally every day, uh, I see husbands and wives that are being divisive uh, about political uh, views, uh, financial views, worried about the stock market. And it just made me think in terms of, we're dealing with uncertainty every day. Um, we always have, we always will. But today, because of social media and everybody's got a phone where they can have instant access to everything, it just seems to amplify it. And I thought it'd be good if we talked about that, don't hide from it, acknowledge it, embrace it. And then let's talk about some of the things that we can do to help our clients navigate the uncertainty and hell, for that matter, help us as advisors navigate it because we live in an uncertain world, uh, you know, regulatory issues, you know, compliance issues. And you and I have talked about this a hundred times. Compliance is not your enemy. In today's world, compliance is your friend because they'll keep you out of trouble. Now, we may not like what they make us do at times. So there's uncertainty there, too, because today something's okay, but tomorrow's not okay because of something the regulators found in the past and makes the company change. So, and, and I'll, I'll make this plug while I'm at it. Just remember anything we share with you, go out, get it approved by your compliance department before you use it because the burden is on you to make sure that's done. It's not the company, it's you. But that's what I mean by the uncertainty is from the standpoint of, uh, for both the advisor and the client, there's a lot of uncertainty with stock market, interest rates, political views, all that. You've been around on, on the planet longer than I have. Can you think of a time in your life when there wasn't uncertainty? When you, or let me phrase that a different way. Can you think of a time when you could look out 90 days or six months or 12 months ahead and know exactly what was going to happen in 12 months? No. No. I've been saying this all my life since I went in the Air Force anyway at 17. Uh, traveling around the world, um, experiencing what I did doing the Thai kickboxing in Thailand, working on the martial arts. It made me come to grips with the fact that we're not promised tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, much less six months out. All you can do is be the best you can be in the moment. It was something that I've been learning from another um, speaker out there, Dr. Kevin Elko, and that is be where your feet are planted. That's another way of saying being in the now. There's a past, there's a future, and there's a present. I can't control the past. I can't control the future. All I can control is the moment I'm in right now. See, right now in this moment, I'm looking at you on my big old computer monitor, and I'm having a conversation 
with the people that are listening to us. There's nothing else happening. There's a sign on my door, do not disturb, recording. Because right now I'm in the moment. Okay? And that's something we all should work on and practice. Uh, I got more of it because of the martial arts, and I got more of it now because of doing uh, training with a yoga instructor, which has helped me deal with uncertainty in a lot of ways too. But it's, it's bringing peace mentally and physically and emotionally to the, to the equation. So the, the idea of uncertainty is a constant then. I mean, it's always there. None of us can predict the future. And, and I think it's important to get to that place where, you know, you, you kind of align your thinking with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, you're going to be confronted with clients who are scared from time to time. You're going to be confronted with clients, frankly, who are um, overconfident and perceive less uncertainty than actually exists. Correct. And I don't care what business you're in. I think your primary role is to be a leader for your clients and help lead them and guide them and coach them through both of those extremes because the clients tend to swing from one extreme to another, either sheer panic or complete euphoria. And neither of those conditions really ever represent reality. Well, but the truth can be said of every person. All of us go through these roller coasters, okay, now I'm confident, now I'm not so confident. And it, and if someone who says it's not, it's okay, let me take you to something new, a new venture. All of a sudden, I throw you on a tennis court and you never played tennis. Confidence level goes down. Uh, in Taekwondo, there was a saying, at first, everything is difficult, then it becomes easy. So once you start doing it and you get into the groove, you develop confidence. But I go back to something that I learned a long time ago. Matter of fact, uh, our friend Dan Sullivan helped me with it. He said, it's all a confidence game. If you, this is my words, I believe that anything and everybody, anything and everybody who at that moment in, in your life is stealing your confidence or making you feel doubts about your abilities, in that moment, they're your enemy. Doesn't mean they're an enemy literally, but in that moment, they are hurting you, not helping you. And you have to constantly work on your confidence level. Now, you can also be overconfident, like you said, or complacent. So think in terms of the three I look at is someone who's overconfident, someone who's complacent, and someone who's fearful. If you're fearful, you're afraid of your shadow. You're afraid of taking action. So if we are looking at it, you know, uh, I spoke to a group of advisors Monday over in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, about 30 people in the room. One of the things that kept coming out, Steve, is, okay, I don't know where my next client's coming from. I understand. We're all in that boat. We have an idea if you're doing a good job of marketing and prospecting, but you don't know for sure who's going to buy. I mean, how would you possibly know? You have to have the conversation to see where it goes. But if you trust in yourself enough to know that if you see the people at the times you want to see people, now have you brought more certainty to your world? So instead of having this uncertain world of up and down on the calendar, just determine when you're going to see people. For me, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 10, 12, 2, and 4. It's like a mantra, you know? EWF, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or, or Thursday, TWT, rather, and then 10, 12, 2, and 4. So I know that if I have those appointment slots filled, I'm probably going to have a dadgum good day and a good week. 
If I don't, I got news for you. I will have a lot of uncertainty. So we can control this, some level of the uncertainty. Some things we have no control over. None. Let's talk about that for a moment because we're heading into a, a time when we're going to have an election. Okay. That's going to create uncertainty. It always does. People will, they will be fearful of one outcome or another and the yes. consequences of that as it either affects their personal life, their mental state, their, uh, their, you know, business prospects, whatever. Um, and, uh, and so you've got that to deal with in the immediate future. And, um, and we've got an economy that some people say is, uh, you know, heading towards recession at some point in the near future. And others say is going to keep on going. What I, I do know is that we will have a recession. I know for a fact we will. I just can't tell you when. Correct. Now, you've got to survive and grow your business and do all that through that. And uh, <laughs> uh, I, I was making a comment to you I, uh, beginning of the last quarter that um, my approach to that is just to decide now that I'm not going to participate in it. So we're, we're putting things in place now that will guarantee that we'll create more demand than we can handle. Yes. And you keep doing what you're doing. You're going to have a whole lot more demand for what you're doing. Let's address this economy thing for a minute and the election. Uh, just yesterday, I had a client say, well, I'm worried about the economy. I said, which economy? And she said, excuse me? I looked at her husband. I said, which economy are you talking about? She said, is there more than one? I said, sure. There are several. You have the global economy, you have the U.S. economy, and you have your personal economy. Which one do you want to talk about? She shook her head. She goes, what? I said, which economy are you worried about? She said, well, I guess I should be worried about my personal economy. I said, very good. So let's focus on your economy so you're bulletproof. You don't care what happens to the U.S. economy or the global economy. Now, don't get me wrong. You care, but it won't impact you as much. So if we take care of your personal economy based on what you want to accomplish, now we can somewhat isolate you, insulate you, rather, from the impact of all the other negative crap that's happening. Do you want to talk further about that? She goes, absolutely. So now we have a conversation to where she is in a positive frame, uh, frame of mind and not dwelling on what's going to happen with the election, what's going to happen with, you know, Brexit. She brought up Brexit. I said, you've been watching the damn news too much this week. I said, I did it on Tuesday. I stayed home Tuesday. I, I was practicing retirement, Steve. And I flunked at it. Uh, I, I, would, I could enjoy that occasion, but if I had to do that every day, I would just, I don't know what the hell I'd do. I, I just couldn't be able to do it. But I said, so, so you're worried about what uh, Boris Johnson is going to do over in, in uh, Britain and what the European economy is going to do, European Union. What the hell does that got to do with your personal economy? Nothing. Then she got fixated on, well, you know, depending upon who gets real and gets elected for president, we could see tax rates go back up. So I showed her history. At one point, tax rate was over 90%. We're in the lowest bracket we've been now in decades. We have, all we can do is use what we have in front of us and understand that it will go up and down. But if we can understand that people have this and then deal with them on their own personal fears, and guide them. The two key words you said earlier was coach and guide. Coach and guide. 
I'm, I'm not a salesperson. I'm a coach and a guide. If you buy the product, that's great. If you don't, that's great. I'm just to the point because we talked about it several times, cash confident. I'm to the point of where I don't have to do what I'm doing, but if I'm going to do it, I want to do the best job that I can. And I want you to understand as a client that I'm not doing it just to make a buck. Yeah. If they quit paying me, guess what? I'm going to quit doing it. And so would you, if you don't get paid, you're not going to do the work. But when we get to a point of where, you know, that you have the ability to guide and coach people to help them make better choices. It takes a lot of pressure off a lot. Well, and I, I think John, when, when you sort of assume that role, you put on the armor, you put on the, the superhero suit and the cape and you say, I'm going to be there. Yeah. There, there's your, uh, in, in the video, I see your, your suit of armor there. Um, when you, assume that role for your clients that I'm going to be the coach and the guide. I'm the one that's going to lead them through uncertainty. I think that actually works very powerfully on you as an entrepreneur, as an advisor, because it requires that you sort of steal yourself for the battle. You, you step up, you've got to sort of, you know, take the big deep breath in and say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm responsible for their well-being, for their care. I'm going to be the leader. And I can't have all this fear creeping in. It's one thing to be, you know, to have the fear, but I can't let it derail me. And I see this all the time in, in business owners and um, they get they get to the point where they convince themselves that that business is going to go down. And so it does. You know, oh, it's around the holidays, people aren't going to buy. Oh, it's the summertime, everybody's on vacation. Oh, we're heading towards a recession, so things are going to decline. Well, maybe broadly that's true, but for the businesses we work with, if they get between two and 10 clients in a month, they're skipping down the street thinking that it's the best thing in the world. So it's not a big problem to solve. There are always two to 10 clients out there every month for you to go get always everywhere. There's seven and a half billion people on the planet, whatever uncertainty and negative condition is out there is never affecting all of them. And so oh. it's, you're just telling yourself that. And so I, I think John, when you take on that role, it, it kind of helps you deal with the fear that you have yourself. No doubt about it. I, I think about something you said at breakfast this morning. In fact, I wrote it down. You made a comment about uh, building your database for marketing purposes, a thousand in one category, a thousand in another, and a thousand in another. That's 3,000. Okay, there's 330 million Americans. So what is that like? Point zero 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 one. You don't need all of them. You just need a few, and you need to then sift through those and find even fewer, but it's the right few. So let me hit this head on from a sales perspective, if I may. If you are uncertain, you will send out vibrations to your client and they will feel it. And you, 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 I can see you, they can't see you, but you just did the thing about taking a deep breath. I think in terms of, in some ways, I don't want to put myself in the same category as a true first responder firemen, law enforcement. But in our financial world, we better be first responders because the client needs us more than we need them. They need someone who has confidence, can, can provide leadership and vision and direction. They need that. 
because they're getting slapped around by all of the media, all of the negativity. They need people in their world that can bring them confidence and direction. And I'm to the point of where if I'm dealing with somebody and they're constantly negative, I'm not going to put up with that BS. I'm going to challenge them. Are you aware that you're, everything you're coming out of your mouth is negative? I don't give a damn if it's a client, a family member, you as my friend. If you get on this negative frequency, are you aware of how negative you're sounding? Because it becomes a downward spiral. And if we care about people, we have an obligation. If you're going to stay in that relationship, try to help them unwind that and be positive. Now, sometimes you can't do it. I just ended a relationship because no matter what the hell I said or did, I couldn't win. I said, nah, I'm done with this. I'm done with it. Yeah, and going back to, to your comment on, you know, the, the list we've built uh, or are building, um, that's not where the confidence comes from, okay? So the, the confidence comes from I created a process. Correct. To do that. And it's a process that is repeatable. That will, it's repeatable. It's self-replenishing. As I told you this morning, I'm never going to run out of opportunity. In the rest of my career, I now have this process in place and I'll never run out of opportunity. Well, there's a saying in the life insurance business when I first came in the business that you could drop somebody who's good in sales into any city. They could parachute in and within a very short period of time, they'd be successful. So if you truly want it, you'll find a way to get it legally, morally, and ethically. Don't lie, cheat, or steal to get it because it you'll lose it if you do that. Okay? So as long as you're doing the right thing for your client, and I go back to the analogy I use every time, the metaphor rather, um, I, I'm like a shepherd protecting my flock. You know, don't mess with my flock. Now, if you choose to leave the flock and you're on your own because you don't want me anymore, then you're on your own. You know, whatever happens if the wolf eats you, then – you got eaten up. The bear gets you, the bear got you. But if you're, as long as you're under my care, I'm going to fight for you and I'm going to fight with you. And I keep that heart-shaped pillow in my office here to remind me it's okay to fight. It's okay as long as I have purity of intent. But if I can bring you certainty when you're confused, you're fearful, then I think, I think that is just as important as selling any financial product that gives you the actual financial certainty because the products would will give you so, a certain amount of certainty life insurance if you die disability if you're disabled annuities for lifetime income uh, mutual funds help save money for your children all that's important but you've got to feel certain that while you don't understand the products that your coach your guide has helped put together the right plan for you because i tell people they say i'll never understand it like you do I said, well, if you do, you should come work with us. Because at that point, if you understand it that well, you should be teaching it to other people. John, I think, I think what you're actually selling, every advisor, what you are actually selling isn't the financial product. It, you're selling the confidence. Right. Okay. I can call 1-800-NO-HELP and buy any financial product that I want right now. Correct. And I never have to meet with a salesperson. I never have to leave my home. I can, you know, I can get any of that, but am I going to have confidence that I got the right thing? No. So the value that, that you bring to the table, particularly when times are uncertain is, is bringing that, that coaching, that leadership, that, that 
results in confidence in the client. No doubt about it. I think I, I would echo that. I would take it one step further. At, uh, just today at the gym, uh, I got in there about 540. I got on the bicycle to warm up before this lady helps me with, with the, uh, it's called Payo, combination of Pilates and yoga. One of my good friends, uh, his name's Alan. We've been going to the gym, see each other three times a week for a long time. We both have had open heart surgery in the past. He's a few years older than I. He said, what is it about you that you're constantly doing something different? He said, we made fun of you the first time we saw you over there doing yoga. And he said, what the hell's going on with you? Why are you doing yoga? He said, because we see you as being this strong guy. He's the strongest guy in here amongst all of us every time we're in the gym doing stuff. He said, but you've just kind of abandoned the weights for a while. What's up? I said, well, it's something new. So it's helping me find more peace. It's helping me release this, the pain in my shoulders and my hips from doing all that martial arts over the years. I said, but more importantly, it's helping improve my confidence. And that is allowing me to be more at peace in everything I'm doing, whether it be with my grandchildren, my children, clients, friends, whoever. It's just making me aware, and I've always been pretty good at this. You've known me a long time. I'm pretty good at dealing with the adversity and uncertainty, but now it's kind of like, okay, so we have a problem. We can either run to the problem and solve the problem or run away from it or ignore it. There's only three things you can do. Ignore it, walk away from it, or tackle it. And if you got a more peaceful nature about you, uh, Mark Devine, the uh, Navy SEAL I trained with that uh, you're familiar with, um, he says, be a peaceful warrior. Be prepared to go to war, but be peaceful most of the time. But then when you have to go to war, whether it be physically fighting or a confrontation verbally or tackling a problem on behalf of a client, be prepared to do battle but be a peaceful warrior. I think it's a hell of a concept. Just be at peace to where you stock market. Okay. It's up, it's down. So what world economy, global economy. Eh, I can't control that. I can control my economy and I can help you, Mr. Or Mrs. Client control your economy. If you want me now, if you don't want me, it doesn't matter what I know. So do you want me? Would you like what I've got? If so, let's go to work. And if not, it's okay. The sooner we discover that, that is success. That's not failure. See, in this business, I think we talked about it on the podcast about selling. We've got this mindset that everybody that gets in front of us, we have to sell them. That is total stupidity. You don't want everybody. You want the right bodies. <laughs> yeah, in fact, you and I were talking about that this morning. I, I had somebody refer to me that, Yes. I questioned whether or not it, it was a good fit, and uh, uh, you you helped me think through what what to do next with that. And well, let, uh, let me jump on that. So you were in a position, folks. Here's what Steve had. He had a guy who's willing to pay him money for a service, and Steve, frankly, could have provided less service than he normally does to a client like me, so he could have made money. But what he was questioning is, okay, should I even do this? Yes, I can make the money from it, and it would be lucrative. But the question is, it's outside of his normal lane, if you will, to use my terminology. He, it was out of the lane he likes to travel in. So could he go do that? Yes. Is it worth it to him? Probably not. Would the client get the best service? 
probably not. And that's, see, that's a great example of what I call the integrity side of building a clientele. You don't make the sale just because there's a commission there or a, or a fee. Is it the right fit? If it is, say so. If it isn't, tell the truth. And, let, and then there might be a reason to do business even after that conversation, but at least you're dealing with it head on. Well, so, John, that, that brings me uh, to something. I can't remember if we've talked about this on this podcast or not. I know I've talked about it on, on my other podcast, The Unstoppable CEO. Uh, you're familiar with Jay Abraham. Big time. I love this stuff. So, I've got, got all of his books. Jay's got this uh, concept called the strategy of preeminence. Yes. Um, it's Google Jay Abraham's strategy of preeminence. You'll find several versions of him giving the talk on YouTube. And, um, and the, the essence of it is that you have to take the attitude with your clients that we don't have to do anything, but, but, the best businesses, the most successful businesses take the attitude that the minute you come in contact with someone before they have ever paid you money, that you view them and treat them as though they are a client, meaning they are under your care. Yes. And so with this person who was referred to me, if I look at him as if he's under my care right now, him working with us, though we could serve him, wouldn't fully meet his goals. And so if he's under my care and I'm responsible for his success because I've taken that on as, as the leader in this situation, then I need to refer him to a friendly competitor, somebody that I know specializes in what he's trying to do. Now, I believe that in doing that, I'm going to be able to create a relationship that's actually going to lead to tremendous referral business to his clients, which are perfect for me. But whether that, whether that happens or not, I first have a responsibility to get him the best solution for him. And even though you did not do business, if you do that, you've served him, you've helped him, you've done your part, and your conscience is clear. Agreed? And, and this is what, so... This is where most people will stop with this because they'll think, oh, there's no business opportunity here. I'm going to refer them somewhere else. I'm no longer looking for business opportunities. I'm looking for relationship opportunities. And when I find the relationship opportunities and I nurture those relationships, then the business opportunities just be, and I've just found this over my career, the business opportunities begin to come from that in places that I didn't expect. Correct. You know why, don't you? Why? It's like the butterfly. Chase the butterfly, can't catch it, right? Sit down, butterfly, land on your head. So what's happening is when you go chasing stuff, it runs away from you. Okay? It's true. So, but if you just get at peace, this is what I'm looking for. Now, you can't, you can't just sit there and say, well, I'm just going to sit under this tree and let business come to me. Well, if you do that, you're going to go broke, okay? You got to get off your butt and do your part. Um, I, I love back when I was on a uh, finance committee at church a long time ago, don't even go to church that often now, but I remember one day uh, a lady on the committee, she kept talking about praying for stuff. And but as soon as she, she threw it out there, she says, however, it's not good enough to just pray. We've got to be doing stuff. And the very next meeting, the pastor's wife, she did needlepoint. She put this needlepoint on the wall for us. And I, I was the first to see it. Her husband, the pastor didn't see it until I saw it. And I loved it because it says, 
all things come to those who waiteth, so long as they worketh like hell while they waiteth. So working means different things. It means working on yourself, working on a process, working on a system, call it whatever the heck you want to call it, to where you have a proven track record. It goes back to what we talked about, cash confident, you know, that Dan talks about. And then I added to that, what about cash flow confidence? And what about cash on demand confidence? So those are things I've incorporated of expanding it. And what you're doing is you're taking care of that person whether you're doing it or someone else is doing it. But at the same time, you're not ignoring the fact, okay, there's other business potential here because I created this relationship. That's a trusting relationship. Other opportunities will come either directly from him or indirectly. And, and I think that I, I don't think we spend enough time on that in the sales arena or the consulting arena, any, any business arena. Uh, I just had a guy lost my business because he was so flippant with me. I asked the question. He treated me like I was a two-year-old. I said, thank you. And he said, what does that mean? I said, thank you. And he looked at me and goes, we're not doing business, are we? I said, no, no, I don't think so. I'll take my money elsewhere. And it was a rather large purchase, but he sure as hell won't get it. That's the way it goes. <laughs> well, um, a lot of uncertainty coming, always a lot of uncertainty coming. For everyone listening, your role is to be the coach, to be the leader, to be the guide. But with uncertainty comes opportunity. Because, see, when there's uncertainty, people are looking for the guide. They're looking for the coach. They got this problem. They need a guide. They need us now more than ever. And if you will do things, and I, I don't know which order you're going to do them here today, but, but I know we're going to talk about some techniques here about keeping yourself in front of people. But if you want to get rid of the uncertainty, make sure that they're not uncertain about you, that you didn't disappear. So we're going to talk about how to use postcards, and we're going to do that, right? Postcards. Yeah, uh, we're going to do books, postcards, okay. yep. Perfect. So we're going to talk about uh, uh, next uh, podcast or two. How do you make sure you're in front of people so when they're feeling that uncertainty, they go, oh, I got this postcard. Maybe I better call John. Absolutely. All right. Well, with that, let's wrap this up, John, and, uh, and stay tuned for the next two episodes. We're going to talk about how to use books in your marketing. We're going to talk about how to use postcards in your marketing, and, uh, and we'll talk about how to use those to kind of create that confidence and create, create some certainty in an uncertain world. Mr. Curry, always a pleasure. Good to see you again, and uh, I'll see you shortly. All right, my friend. Thanks.